this is Kathy Krueger. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life. And today, Jonah, our very special guest is Bryn Fullerbecker, and we're going to be talking about the great work of New Yorkers for Clean Power, and she's young and energetic. <laughs> right, as opposed to me, who's old and tired. Oh, Bryn why Fuller- did not mean that? <laughs> Bryn Fullerbecker, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you. So happy to be here today. It's our pleasure. So tell us, what are or is New Yorkers for Clean Power? Sure. So New Yorkers for Clean Power, or NYCP, is a statewide collaborative campaign, and we're working to shift towards a clean energy economy. So we do this through education, advocacy, and organizing, and we work to engage the public and some local governments and businesses to advance a range of renewable energy, energy efficiency, heat pumps, and clean transportation solutions. So our focus is on greening the grid and electrifying everything and making a cleaner New York. Well, let's, Green let's, the grid. I yeah, like that's that. the electric grid, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, let's, let's talk about where we've been before we can talk about where we are and where we're going to be. Uh, when I was a boy, I lived within eyesight of a coal-fired power plant. Ugh. And when I went to high school... Uh, the social studies teacher's room was right next to the coal chute. And when the coal came in that heated the boiler, provide heat for this gigantic New York City high school in Far Rockaway, she had to stop teaching because it was just a gigantic rumble of, of coal. Um, we've gotten away from coal quite a bit, at least in the United States. What about around the world, Bryn? Sure. Yeah. So overall, we are transitioning. We're making that move. Um, We've seen every year how our global grid has been able to shift further away from fossil fuels and closer to renewables. But we still have a long ways to go. One of the benefits of this developing renewable energy grid is that as we continue to expand our infrastructure, it'll only get easier and cheaper to continue to do so. But we really have a long ways to go. Um, we just saw recently there was a COP26, which was the, the group of climate leaders coming together um, to talk about where we are and where we need to go, just like we're talking about today. And really what we saw is that although we're making good progress in order to lessen the effects of the climate crisis, there's much more that we need to do to continue that we have safe, equitable green spaces for everyone. And when you talk about renewable power, um, you know, you, you drive around, sometimes you see these gigantic windmills now uh, mm-hmm. that uh, produce electricity. You see a lot of solar panels on people's houses or along the road uh, or these solar farms. Um, Is that the kind of thing we're talking about or is there even more to offer in renewable energy? Yeah, so there's a whole wide range of things. So what you talked about are two of the major ways, and that is transitioning our overall electricity grid to be sourced by more renewable resources. And that's done through things like building solar farms or building Mm -hmm. wind farms. And there's also something called distributed energy, and that includes things like installing solar panels on your roofs, you know, more direct actions where we are individually powering our homes and our businesses. But really within the context of the climate crisis and within energy, there are spaces everywhere for improvement. So other ways that we're doing this are by increasing our energy efficiency. So how can we make our buildings less drafty? So, Mm -hmm. 
you know, the best way to save energy or to green our grid is by never using energy at all. Um, and also to do continuous overhaul on our community grids and our electrical systems on smaller scales. So there really is a wide range of scales where we can be improving the sources of our energy and how we are using the energy that we're getting from our earth. Wow. Um, quick, quick clarification. Sure. Windmills. I, I, I think they're beautiful. I, I don't mind the sound at all. I've heard people complain about them. But the thing that drives me nuts, and I'm a nurse, is that I have heard people say that they they cause cancer. Would you please let us know in your professional opinion um, what you think about the uh, the rumor that windmills actually cause cancer? Yes. So in, in my professional background, I have never seen conclusive evidence that windmills are causing cancer. Okay. What I have seen are the ways that our current fossil fueled industries have been causing these major public health effects. So there are really countless examples of communities that are near um, coal power plants or natural gas plants that are seeing direct impacts to their air quality, their water quality, and those are all causing major impacts to our public health. Mm -hmm. So while that is a rumor for um, wind farms, we actually do know that it's not a rumor for a lot of our fossil fueled communities or fossil or communities that are nearby fossil fuel plants and really communities all over the place because another aspect of burning fossil fuels is pollution, which really right. can spread all throughout our communities and into everyone's lungs. And of course, you just mentioned the, the Glasgow summit where yes. the, the burning right. of these fossil fuels is causing global warming and all the crazy weather and flooding and all that other stuff. Kathy? Yeah, well, yeah, besides that, which is a concern, I mean, we just think had this big hurricane this summer in Pleasant Valley that flooded everything for us. But the coal is when you're talking about that, you're talking about like, isn't that called black lung years ago? Isn't that what they called it for those coal miners that went down into the coal mines and, and worked and and worked and worked? <laughs> Yes. So yeah. there are things like that. There are areas where the coal miners were, the working conditions were poor and they're yeah. building, you know, all of these horrible things. But also there are elevated links, there are links between elevated rates of asthma among young children yeah, that are I around guess. these areas too. So it's, it's really not just the workers. It's also the community members or people that are that are just living their lives, but are still being impacted by this. And we'll find out more about the clean power for our clean future from our great guest, Bryn Fuller-Becker of New Yorkers for Clean Power, right after Kathy Kruger tells us who keeps us electrified by sponsoring Radio Rotary this week. This week, we are sponsored by Salisbury Bank and Riverside Bank, Absolute Auction and Realty, Third Eye Associates, and by the Rotary Clubs of Brewster, Carmel, Clarkstown, Goshen, Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Liberty, Millbrook, Nanuet, Greater Newburgh, and New City, New York. We'll be back with more Radio Rotary right after these important messages, so stay tuned. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With 14 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess, Orange, and Ulster counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which includes our Riverside Division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, New Paltz, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your local bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury 
Prairie Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, aarauctions.com, is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to AAR Auctions. Tell your friends about us and please come back often. That's AARauctions.com. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. Hi, I'm Rotarian Susan Simon of Third Eye Associates. Rotarians devote themselves to caring for others. Sometimes we forget to care for ourselves, especially when it comes to planning for our future. At Third Eye Associates, we provide fee-only financial life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. Third Eye Associates. For more information or call us at 845-752-2216. That's 845-752-2216. Hi, this is Kathy Krueger, producer of Radio Rotary. If you are listening now, so are your customers. You can advertise on Radio Rotary for as little as $25 per week. Call me, Kathy Krueger, at 845-702-4410 for full details or email me at info at radiorotary.org. That's info at radiorotary.org. There's a national crisis happening in our country parallel to COVID-19. As of October 1st, a new study reported that over 150,000 children under the age of 18 have lost at least one of their parents to COVID-19. That's one in every 500 kids who have lost at least one parent, and many of them are now orphaned because they lost both parents. Those numbers continue to grow every day that we don't have COVID under control in our communities. Loss of a parent is one of the most negative and damaging childhood experiences, which is proven to lead to mental health problems, lower commitment to school, lower self-esteem, higher levels of risky behaviors and increased substance abuse, suicide and violence, sexual abuse, and exploitation. So, how do you want your kids to grow up? Make sure they don't live their early days without you. Get your COVID vaccine today. Seriously, it's not difficult to ensure that your kids have a good future future ahead of them with you in it. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Tree Blossom. My usual co-host, Sarah O'Connell Clater, is away, but we have the producer. All hail the producer, Ms. <laughs> Kathy Kruger on the mic. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jonah. Thanks. And I'm I'm excited have, about this interview. We're learning we, a lot. We have an electrifying guest. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Tell us about our guest, Kathy. We have Bryn Fullerbacker um, here, and she is with the New Yorkers for Clean Power, and she is um, she's going to enlighten us, like you said, to uh, to how we can uh, uh, work better with uh, more natural power. So, Bryn, welcome back to part two, and tell us for those who may have joined us late, what is New Yorkers for Clean Power? Sure. Yeah. So, New Yorkers for Clean Power is a statewide collaborative campaign. So, what we're working to do is to shift towards our clean energy economy. 
And we do this through education, through advocacy, through organizing, and we do this at a couple of different scales, through the general public, through local governments, and through businesses. And we're focused on advancing solar power, wind power, energy efficiency, electric vehicles, renewable heating and cooling, all of those great clean power sources that you can think of. And we're also helping to create jobs in these industries for all of the communities in New York. Well, let's take some of these one at a time. Now, wind power, we've all driven on the thruway and maybe in certain parts of the state, you see these gigantic towers with these humongous windmills. Um, they pump out a lot of power, don't they, when the wind is going strong? They do. All right. And uh, solar powers, you see some houses with solar panels on them. Uh, right. Here in Red Hook, we have behind the firehouse, a whole solar farm of panels. Um, can you run an entire house just on the solar panels on the roof, or is it just to supplement and, and reduce your electric bill? You can, and you actually bring up a really good point. So you have multiple options, really. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of programs exist now where if you install solar panels on your roof, and I should also mention there are dozens of government rebates um, and ways to reduce those costs whenever you're installing your solar panels. Um, one option is to install those panels and then you essentially sell back the energy mm. that your house has created just through the sun back to your energy utility. And then that reduces your bills and you can do that. And then as your energy efficiency increases or your energy needs decrease and your house is more able to be powered by the sun, you can eventually transition to some homes to being completely, quote unquote, off the grid, mm -hmm. powered solely through solar energy. Which I love that idea. I mean, I, Jonah's lucky. He keeps telling me to get one. I don't have a generator and we lose power a lot out here when we have storms where I live. And boy, if we had solar power, i I wouldn't have to worry so much about, you know, well, there's something there's something now even better in a generator. You put the solar panels on your roof and there's a storage battery in your basement and you charge that up. So when the power goes out, that kicks in. You don't have to crank up a generator, which is using gasoline will cause right. pollution. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and, and speaking of batteries, Jonah, yes, I'm very proud of you. You should tell everybody the kind of car you drive. I drive a 2017 Nissan Leaf, which is an all-electric car. It's, a, it's I call it my golf cart with doors. And uh, you see more and more electric cars being offered now. In fact, some companies are saying that by 2025 or 2030, they're going to have all-electric fleets, which bring, brings me to a question for you. Some people, some skeptics are saying, well, there's not enough electricity uh, available in the grid to power all these electric cars. Uh, most of us have electric cars charge at home overnight when there's less usage by companies and stores and things mm -hmm. of that nature. But is that a concern? Is that a, a genuine concern that there's not going to be enough electricity to go around? Everybody gets an electric car? Yeah, so I think it's a really great question. Um, there is, I, I hear a lot of concern or a lot of people talking about this, about how do we have the capacity within our electric grid to meet these demands? And the question is that we're working on it. We're working on shifting around how our electric grid is structured um, by doing things like creating microgrids, which are actually smaller versions. So usually think of the electric grid being a whole swath that could cover a state or a region, mm -hmm. um, but reducing things reducing our grids down to smaller scales can help with that. Um, but yes, there we do have to transform our current existing electrical grid to be able to meet these new demands. That's not to say that nothing's being done though. There's been a ton of research and development and 
bills and just overall progression towards making sure that our electric grids will be able to meet our demands as we transition away from fossil fuels. And I'll say that concern shouldn't be something that prohibits you from buying an electric vehicle. There are countless benefits, which I'm sure, Joni, you can also attest to, um, to owning this vehicle with everything from, you know, reducing your gas costs, you don't have to go yes. to the gas station as frequently, to having lower pollution in our cities, to having quieter streets. I mean, really mm-hmm. the benefits just go on and on. No oil changes. And, you know, they're not that expensive. Well, they are expensive, but not. Yesterday, just I was hearing on the radio, somebody said he went out and bought an electric car and people are panicked that they would be so expensive. But the rebates, he said, that he got back yes. from right. the state. For, he goes, you don't have to go in with $35,000 to buy a no. car. He goes, by the time you knock all those costs down, it's it's very, it's very you know, reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. Very reasonable. Our guest is uh, Bryn Fullerbecker of uh, New Yorkers for Clean Power. And if people want to know more about your great organization, Bryn, uh, I'm sure you have a website. What is it? We do. Yes, we have our website, which is nyforcleanpower.org. And I also want to take this moment to note that we have a great public education tool that we've developed recently. It's a presentation called Green the Grid and Electrify Everything. And really, our hope behind this is to reach out to community organizations that don't have a personal connection to renewable energy um, and to help explain some of these topics. So the climate crisis and basic climate science um, and to explain New York's exciting new climate laws and to provide some opportunities for you to get more involved. So if your organization is interested in having us present to you, you don't have to have any connection to the environment, just mm-hmm. a curiosity to learn more about it. And we'd be happy to provide some more information. And Rotary Clubs would be very interested because yes. we've adopted the environment as one of our causes. Uh, Bryn, give us that uh, website one more time. And folks at home, get a pencil and paper. We'll be sure to have our great guest, Bryn Fullerbecker, repeat that in the third portion of the program. What's that website again, Bryn? It's nyforcleanpower.org. Now, you mentioned solar panels, solar electricity. You mentioned wind generation. But there's also something new and interesting called tidal generation. What's that all about? Yeah, absolutely. So tidal generation is pretty much exactly how it sounds. It's using the energy that's created from the ocean. You know, we've all seen waves crashing on the beach or Mm -hmm. crash into the boardwalk, using that energy and harnessing it um, so that we can power our homes and our lives in a clean way. So that's by the technology is very interesting. It's using buoys and actually a lot of the same uh, technology that you see with hydropower, you know, we really do just need to, to turn, to turn something to capture that energy. And especially in New York state, we have a great coastline um, and we have a lot of uh, opportunities to be able to develop this tidal power more within our whole wide matrix of renewable energy options. And we're going to find out more about clean power from our great guest, Bryn Fullerbecker, right after these messages, so stay tuned. We all move on a mental wellness scale. We can become depressed or anxious, or we can overuse drugs and alcohol when we're in a stressful situation. Stress will move us on a scale of mental wellness in a negative way. These times we are living in can certainly cause us all stress. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO at Mental Health America of Dutchess County. We here at MHA want everyone to know that if you find yourself struggling lately with your mental wellness, MHA has a wide array of support 
support, treatment, and referral services. Our services are of no cost to you, and we are always happy to help in any way we can. A few thoughts to live by. Be kind to one another, and check in on your friends, families, and neighbors. While you are checking in on others, please know that if you need guidance or professional help, MHA of Dutchess County is always here for you. We can be reached at 473-2500 or visit us on the web at mhaduchess.org. That's mhaduchess.org. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111, 338-9111, or normanstaffing.com. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. Hi, I'm Krista Hines, Executive Director of Hudson River Housing, a local nonprofit dedicated to helping communities in the Mid-Hudson Valley thrive. We believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to live in safe and affordable housing. No matter what your housing concern may be, you can count on us for assistance. Maybe you're looking to buy your first home and don't know where to start, or possibly seeking an affordable apartment to rent for you and your family. Or perhaps you found yourself in need of safe and supportive shelter with a compassionate team committed to helping you overcome the challenges of homelessness. We're here to help every step of the way. Please visit us online at HudsonRiverHousing.org or call us today at 845-454-5176. Again, that number, 845-454-5176. Subscribe to the Radio Rotary Podcast and never miss an episode. We are on every popular podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to the Radio Rotary Podcast today. Together, we build schools out of abandoned buildings. Together, we bring food to hungry children in need. We are the 1.2 million members of Rotary. Make more good happen. Connect with us at rotary.org. We are people of action. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebowasser. With me is Kathy Kruger, and she's going to tell us about our terrific guests. Take it away, Kathy. We have a very young, energetic woman talking to us about um, clean uh, power, New Yorkers for clean power, and her name is Bryn Fellerbecker, and we are learning a great deal from her. Um, One of the things you mentioned at the first part of our show, Bryn, was jobs for um, renewable energy and how um, there are many jobs. Um, If you'd like to you know, expand on that a little bit so we know what people can expect and, and look for. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, one of the major things about the climate crisis is it, it really touches every aspect of our lives. And while that can be daunting, it also provides so many opportunities to get involved and to, to help with this fight. So for really anyone that wants their work to be meaningful, in addition to producing a paycheck, there's a whole world of career options within the climate and environmental sector. This could be anything like solar installers or wind turbine technicians that we desperately need to physically build our infrastructure, but also people that have backgrounds in administrative work. We need permitting specialists to ensure Mm -hmm. that all of our paperwork is covered. We need lawyers to draw up contracts and to defend projects. We need investment managers that can build these portfolios of companies. So 
really, if you have any interest in getting involved with making a, a, a greener, more sustainable world for all of us, your skills will absolutely be applicable in this field. What about the folks who are listening at home right now? What kind of things can we do as homeowners or just everyday mm-hmm. citizens either to generate cleaner power or reduce the need for power? What, what kind of things can we do with light bulbs and you know crank radios and solar power radios and things like that? And of course, if you get a solar power radio, keep it tuned to this station. So, Bryn, <laughs> what can the people at home do? Sure. Yeah. So there's so many ways you can get involved Uh, within the context of your home. Like I said before, the best energy that we use is the energy that we never use at all. That's the greenest and the cleanest. So ways to increase your energy efficiency in your home can look like sealing up drafty buildings, investing in Energy Star appliances, upgrading your lights to LED. And there are so frequently cost savings associated with this as well. And Um, Within the context of your home or your personal choices that you'd like to make, we also have some clean energy coaches with us at New Yorkers for Clean Power. So these are people that you can schedule a meeting with. It's completely free. And you can ask them really any questions you have, like, do I need an energy audit? Are there things I can be doing to cut my energy use? Are a heat heat pump right for me? Um, So there's opportunities there within your home. And there's also countless opportunities to get involved within your community. I have yet to come across a town or a city that doesn't have some organization that's working towards increasing energy efficiency, moving towards renewable energy, or just organizing around the climate crisis. So there are many ways. It often only takes a a a quick Google search. We have tons of resources on our website, including um, a green jobs map and a calendar that has events that you can get involved with. And that website is? (laughs) <laughs> NY for clean power. And that's F-O-R, not the number. NY for clean dot org. Give us give us that one more time, Brent. Sure. NY for clean dot org. And folks at home, get a pencil and paper. We'll be sure to have our great guest, Bryn Fuller-Becker, repeat that before the end of the program. So Bryn, what got you interested in this kind of work? It's a good question. Um, so I really, I got involved with environmental science when I was a junior in high school. I just took a class and I thought it was really interesting. I always ah. had a background in math and science or an aptitude for those types of things. And then as I continued throughout my educational journey, I just saw the climate crisis and I saw how it was growing in scale and magnitude. And it just kind of caught a hold of me and I, I, I never let go. So it's been really interesting to learn not only the science behind this, you know, what's happening, but also working to help to talk with people like you two and, and people in our communities because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have an interest or they have a concern, but they're not really sure where to get started. So for me, it started with the science class and it's brought me here and I don't think I'll be going away from it anytime soon. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> but what about our children? What can we do to start them out young, you know, and, and, and think about what they're doing when they don't turn a light off when they walk out of a room or, you know, leave the water running or something, you know, that I'm, I'm bad. I'm yelling at my grandchildren for every five minutes when I'm with them. <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I I do think that young people have become more aware of the climate crisis. I feel like I've been able to see really groups of all ages at least show some interest in this, which is great. And like you said, there are these individual actions that we can take, and that's just as easy as those gentle reminders. But we're also learning how the our collective power is so important and really making the big differences that we need. So while it's absolutely great for you to be turning off your faucets, shutting your lights when you're leaving a room, it's equally as important to be getting involved and working together because 
getting involved in our communities can create just such wonderful positive impacts. So I would say encourage your kids to find find a club, find a club at school, mm. start a club if there isn't one already. Um, because they're the resources there. We just we just need the people power and, and I think we have enough to do what we need to do here. And we, we spoke about uh, solar panels on the roof, the wind turbines. We spoke about changing our light bulbs to LED light emitting diodes and things like, like that. What do you think the future holds for, for us? I mean, you, you're, you're going to be in the future a lot longer than I am. Uh, what do you think the future holds as far as technical innovations for clean power? Mm, so for technical innovations, I think what gives me the most hope is just seeing how quickly the um, renewable energy grid or industry has been able to reduce costs and increase oh. efficiency. So every year, just the return on investments that we're seeing in terms of how much we can power with not only, you know, a single cell on that scale, single photovoltaic scale cell, excuse me, <laughs> but also how efficient our, our energy grid can be. So I think it's there. And I think Beyond the technical, I really am empowered to see how many people are interested in learning more about what they can do to be more sustainable and how they can help others as well. Bryn, give us your website one more yeah. time. Yeah, it's nyforcleanpower.org. Bryn Fuller-Becker of New Yorkers for Clean Power, thank you so much for everything you're doing to assure a clean power future for all of us. All and of thanks us. For, and thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you guys all learned a bunch. Oh, we oh, certainly we did. did. Oh, thank and, you so uh, much, Bren. <laughs> Kathy, uh, who do we have to thank for sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? We are sponsored by Mental Health America of Dutchess County, the Mark Foundation, Norman Staffing, Hudson River Housing, and by the Rotary Clubs of New Paltz, Patterson, Pearl River, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Ramapo Valley, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Suffern, Wallkill, East Wappinger Falls, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell Clater will be back with us soon. Our producer, Kathy Pruger, and our production director, Randy Turner. This is Jonah Trebowasa thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, radiorotary.org.